0: So welcome again, everyone. We're so glad that you're here today. If you're here for the first time or for the first few times, you probably are aware because of what's gone on in the service that this is Dr. Moira, our senior minister and our pastor is away on her vacation and we are delighted to have a wonderful guest speaker. He, Many of you may remember him from last August. Some of you may remember him from Arrowhead. He was with us at Arrowhead. And we are delighted and enriched by his presence wherever we are. What I will say about Kusla Berkshu is that he is a monk who lives and works in Los Angeles, in Koreatown, and he loves to come to Torrance. And so, (laughs) let us welcome Kusla up to speak to us today.
1: Well, I'm happy to be here today. I'm going to talk about karma. And karma is such an important topic in Buddhism because it allows us to live a good life and die a good death. (laughs) So, what is karma? Well, according to Buddhism, karma is the cause. Vipaka is the consequence. So every cause has a consequence and karma is the moral value we give to the intention and to the consequence. Now, karma is created in three different ways. Karma is created by what you think, what you say, and what you do. And we feel that the intention, the mind, has the least amount of consequence. Speech has a greater amount of consequence And action has the most amount of consequence. Think of yourself as a transformer. And there's a lot of neutral energy out into the world. And somebody once said you can't destroy energy and you can't create energy. But you can transform energy. So we are the transformer that takes this neutral energy and gives it a moral value. We either make it good or bad, but we prefer to use the word skillful or unskillful. If you're skillful, the consequences should be acceptable. If you're unskillful, not so much. So think of this as you're going out and now you wait for the consequence to decide whether you had good karma or bad karma, but, you know, if you wait for the consequence, it's too late because you can't change the consequence once it starts. So what we like to do is we like to sit quietly for hours at a time (laughs) watching our mind arise, exist, and pass away. And we start to see that there are three aspects that turn out to be really important called the three poisons greed, hatred, and delusion. If your speech or action is directed by greed, hatred, or delusion, chances are bad consequences, uncomfortable consequences, unskillful consequences. So we sit and watch. Now the idea in sitting and watching is to understand how not to let the bad intentions, the unskillful intentions, turn in to speech and action. We feel everything has a time and a time limit. So it arises, it exists for a while, and it always goes away. If we can wait for the unskillful intentions to go away, we don't manifest them in speech and action. On the other hand, if we are really involved in something, like maybe the 405 freeway, somebody cuts us off, we don't want to wait for those intentions to go away. We want to show the person who cut us off how we feel about their existence on planet Earth. And those consequences are unskillful. So so meditation is an important aspect of understanding how your karma works. Now, the second aspect of karma is a bit controversial. Because being a Buddhist, we do not have a divine lawgiver. So karma takes the place of a divine lawgiver. We understand right and wrong good and bad because of karma vipaka, cause and consequence. Now, the problem with having karma as the divine lawgiver and not a god or gods as the divine lawgiver is you can't petition karma to forgive you. (laughs) Karma has no eyes, karma has no ears, karma doesn't care it's a natural law it's like gravity think of gravity and you're walking down the street and all of a sudden you slip and fall down and you curse gravity for making you fall down and what does gravity do gravity does nothing it's just there waiting for us to fall the next time so it behooves us to be aware and conscious in everything we think say and do, and understand that greed, hatred, and delusion will have consequences, but also generosity, compassion, and wisdom will have consequences too. And those are the consequences we want. We want to have the intention of generosity, the activity of compassion based on wisdom and insight. Our life then turns out to be pretty darn good. Now, I want to stop here and give you a little story. If you have done something unskillful and the consequences haven't manifested yet, (laughs) think of it this way. Think of a a pond in the forest and you have a teaspoon of salt and you put the teaspoon of salt in the pond in the forest and stir it up and the water is so large and so big it absorbs the salt and you can't taste it. That's the kind of karma we want to have. We want to have so much merit and so much good karma that all the indiscretions that happen before is absorbed by the good karma and the good merit. And yet if you don't have any good karma, And have any good merit it's like putting a teaspoon of salt into a glass of water and you stir it up and all you taste is the salt so we're not stuck we're not predisposed to feel and experience every karmic action we do we have a choice we can make it better now the third aspect of karma I'd like to talk about is really may be one of the most important aspects. It's about dying. Now, I'm 70. i got a couple good years left. But I know that just around the corner, death is waiting to receive me. You know, and, and ironically, oftentimes I see death sitting on my shoulder. And it's whispering in my ear. You don't have much time left. Don't have much time left. What are you gonna do today? Make it good. Make it lasting. Don't get in arguments. Don't hang up the phone angry, cause that's how they're gonna remember you. So death can be our friend as well. It can get us out of bed in the morning. It can keep us awake late at night cause we have one more thing to do before we go to sleep because this may be the last time we go to sleep and then we wake up again go, whoa okay, more work to do can't rest yet so why do I talk about death and karma? because according to Buddhism we may not have a soul now when I found that out I was a little disappointed because everybody told me I had a soul you know, it's everywhere you just see it, they even named a car the soul. <laughs> so why don't Buddhists have a soul? Well, the Buddha said, you may have one. You may have one, but it's not who you are. Because who you are is changing moment by moment. And I'm going, wow. No, I, I thought there was a causal connection from the 10-year-old to the 70-year-old. And there is a causal connection. But I have been so many people in those 70 years. Sometimes I was sort of a cool guy, and sometimes not so cool. Sometimes I felt like I was really intelligent. Sometimes I felt like I was really dumb. I just went up and down and vacillated, and it all seemed like it was me, but the Buddha assured us, no, no, it's not you. There really isn't a you. You are a process. And I'm like, I'm a process? I thought I was an event (laughs) and because I'm a process there is good news and the good news is every time I do anything it's the first time I've never done it in that way before I've never been that person before how exciting is that Life's not boring. It doesn't happen over and over again. It only happens one time, every time. I'm engaged. I'm not sure what to do next because I've never experienced the next before. But somehow, if I'm conscious and stay aware, it works. So if I don't have a soul, and if I'm not who I think I am, what the heck dies? And what the heck is reborn and the buddha said it is our karma our karmic energy migrates lifetime to lifetime to lifetime but none of us get to go we don't even get to go into tomorrow because the person that takes our place tomorrow will not be us it'll be somebody that looks like us and sounds like us and feels like us but it won't be us And so the big leap is to go into the next lifetime with one good thought. Wow, one good thought. And why is that the case? Because the Buddha said the last thought of this lifetime will be the first thought of the next lifetime. Huh? So you don't want to be watching TV. (laughs) You don't want that to be your last thought. Man. You know. So how do you get ready for that? How is this karma getting ready to have a good next lifetime? Well, it works sort of like this for some people, and I like this idea. This is called your death journal. Now, it sounds depressing to have a journal about death, but no, everything in this death journal is good. You one day You take a page and you write what one thing you did good that day. And then the next day, you take the next page and what one thing did you do good that day. And all of us, no matter how stupid or mean or uncomfortable we are, do at least one good thing a day. You know, I am blessed. I do two good things every day. I feed the cats. Morning and evening. And they just line up. They say, there's good Kusala. He's going to feed us. <laughs> and they're so happy to see me. And then they eat, and then they just walk away. <laughs> but every day, I got two good things I can put in my death journal. Okay, so what if I'm lying on my bed, and I'm getting ready to die, and cross over to the next lifetime? What's the first thing i got to do? The first thing i got to do is let go of this life. You know, because I'm attached to it. It's the only one I can remember. This is a good life, most of the time. And I don't necessarily want to just leave it behind. I got guitars and harmonicas. You know, I want to play those again, but no. Death says, you know what, pretty soon, man, you're not going to be able to play those again in the way you used to, but you may be even better in the next lifetime maybe even make a living playing that guitar that you can barely play in this lifetime. I'm like, yeah, man, that'd be really cool, okay. So I worked really hard at letting go of all the stuff, my car, my cell phone, my computer, my website, my Facebook page, I'm letting go of it all, okay. They're not useful anymore. It doesn't help me die. All those friends and family members, they don't help me die either. I gotta say goodbye to them. No, Kusla, we don't want you to go. I gotta go. <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't keep me here. It's time to go. So a friend or a relative sits down on the bed next to me and picks up my death journal and goes to page one and reads page one to me. I'm just sitting there. Wow, I did that, huh? Okay. Page 2, hey, I'm doing pretty good now, I feel good. Okay, page 3, by the time we're in page 4 or 5, maybe 10 or 15, the breath is starting to get a little weak, the mind is starting to get a little hazy. But somewhere in there is that one last thought. And because of that journal, it's a good thought. And that is carried into the next lifetime. So we look at karma as being so, so important. It helps us have a really good life while we're alive. It helps us have a good death. And the very thing that goes from lifetime to lifetime is, as it turns out, the karmic energy we have created in this lifetime. So what happens in the next lifetime? You have a good start. But it's just a start. You may have been born in Paulus Verdes, and you go, "Wow, well, I had good karma, man. I'm in Paulus Verdes, you know? But then you go to school and you find drugs and you start to, you know, and that really good start doesn't turn out to be a good middle middle or end. And some people don't have a good start. Some people are just, it's terrible what they go through in the beginning of their life. But somehow because of their understanding of karma, it changes. And they change the direction of that life. So just because you have a good start doesn't mean you can have a good end. And just because you have a good... Just because you have an uncomfortable start, it doesn't mean you're gonna have a bad ending. We are in charge. It is our choice. Now, your choice. This is really a tough one. I was at a wedding last night. Everybody was really happy. It was so much fun. We had good food, we had good music. But you know what, sometimes they looked at me, and I'm sitting there, oh, you're a monk? You're not married, are you? You have any any kids? No, no. Don't have any kids. Well, what kind of life do you have? Why aren't you married? And I said at one point, well, you know, there's something really nice about being free. Free? Most people just want to be happy. Some people want to be free. And if you want to be free, you can use that karma to be free and be free from what? Free from suffering. You don't have to suffer. When you're in a relationship, you're going to be happy most of the time. <laughs> but when you're out of relationship, you can be happy all the time. <laughs> Now most people will not believe that and they don't want to hear it. So thank you for listening. So as I go through this lifetime, I figured I have probably in all my past lifetimes been married many times, had many children. And in my future lifetimes, I probably will be married again and have many children and be happy. But in this lifetime, I got me and the cats. And so far, so good. (laughs) So karma is what you think. Karma is what you say. Karma is what you do. Vipaka are the consequences. You can see how skillful or unskillful you are in your karma by how much suffering you're experiencing. If you're skillful, less suffering. Unskillful, more suffering. Clear. You understand. It's right there and when it's time to say goodbye karma is going to be your friend because karma will help you transition in the best of possible ways and you will not according to Buddhism never exist again it'll just be a matter of time until you do get to exist again but for a Buddhist that's not always good because we feel that between life and death is just a bunch of suffering so how can we end our suffering? by ending our karma and how do we end our karma? we achieve Nirvana. Nirvana is the end of suffering, the end of karma, and the end of all future rebirths. So rather than living because of birth, because you were born, you end up living because you achieve Nirvana. And Nirvana has no beginning, Nirvana has no end. Nirvana is forever. Thank you for listening. I hope you're not too depressed.